If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the latest edition of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where I talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like that's just not sports. And on today's show, we have a good one. Baron Davis, NBA veteran turned actor, turned producer, turned trailblazer in the world of Christmas. Very timely. Stay tuned for that. I am your host, Brad Burke. I am a sports marketer in Chicago. And welcome back to the program, everyone. You know, chugging along through the season. Had to take a week or two off there around Thanksgiving. Sorry about that. Work travel just crushed me. Uh, But last week's episode, great response. Michelle Carter, the shot put Olympic gold medalist, talking makeup, talking beauty, talking body positivity. You know, before that, we had Becky Sauerbrunn from the U.S. Women's National Team talking Ready Player One, Natalie Coughlin, the Olympic swimmer talking food, Sean Fennessy, Rick Pitino, Eddie George. It's been a jam-packed season. I appreciate you coming back week after week. And look, with the holidays coming up, you know, we had to bring out the big guns, right? You know me. I try to keep things in the news cycle here. We got we got Christmas going on, and who better than to bring on the show than Baron Davis, a.k.a. the inventor of Black Santa. So <laughs> what, what do I mean by this? Any NBA fan, any sports fan knows Baron Davis. You know, he's multiple-time All-Star, uh, you know, bounced around the league on a couple memorable teams, uh, the, uh, the the Warriors team that upset the number one seeded Mavericks. Uh, you know, you remember him from his Clippers days. You know, he finished his career with the Knicks. Uh, you know, Baron has a reputation of being a really creative guy. Uh, he's someone that post-career has dabbled in the arts, has done acting. You know, he, he's been everywhere from the Mindy Project to various other TV series. He's dabbled in executive production, producing things. Uh, you know, Cruz's IMDb, you see everything on there from uh, TV shows and pilots to uh, reality TV to executive producing a 30 for 30 to I- I'm pretty sure he's on the DVD commentary of Step Brothers? <laughs> yes, Baron Davis on the DVD commentary of Step Brothers. I have not heard that, but it's an interesting little factoid that pops up when you Google Baron Davis and uh, uh, Beyond Basketball. So anyway, so, so why Baron Davis? What's the connection to Christmas? So he'll explain it a little bit more, but a couple years ago, he got inspired to create this character called Black Santa. It's an African-American portrayal of Santa Claus. And his whole mission was about, you know, bringing different representation, you know, African-American representation to a classic character. And of course, anytime someone does this, uh, Megyn Kelly bursts into flames. <laughs> but, but other than that, other than those random people that just refuse to believe that Santa could be anything but the version they saw on a Coke bottle uh, whenever they were a kid, 
you know, Baron's out here showing people that, that that Santa Claus means different things to different people, and it's really cool. Go check out the, the Black Santa website. You see all sorts of apparel that's out there. Um, you see a representation of Mrs. C, sort of an independent... Um, you know, younger wife, you know, Black Santa himself, younger, we, we, we break it down. Why, why, why not the gray beard? Why go, why go dark beard, Baron? Well, and we know the answer is because Baron Davis has one of the, the best beards in the history of beards <laughs> and far less gray than mine, uh, even though we're essentially the same age. But, you know, what, what's really cool about this is, you know, he's doing events all over the place. You know, he's got this waterfront event in Oakland, if you're out there, uh, you know, I think that's going on through Christmas Eve. You know, he, he's constantly world building and talking about the background of the character and having the character show up at various places. So it's it's really cool. And we just wanted to break it down with him, talk about his aspirations, how he got inspired to do this, where he's going with it next. So it's a really fun, uh, you know, it's a quick interview. Uh, I caught him right in, in the middle of a couple things. So a little bit shorter than maybe some of the other ones I've had on this season. But I thought it was, again, get you in the Christmas spirit. Uh, hear from Baron Davis, one of our favorite players, you know, and just get you ready. For a week of furious, last-minute shopping, uh, paper cuts as you wrap your gifts, and ultimately the letdown when you bought that special someone the wrong thing. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the interview with Baron Davis now, and afterwards, come back. I will give you my holiday distraction, my own personal power rankings of Christmas movies. Stick around. You know, Black Santa is something that I, I, I really love. I've got young kids, and I think, uh, you know, not only is it just so much fun, uh, but I think the work that it does to, to bring, you know, African-American representation to a cultural institution is very important. It kind of blew my mind to think that, like, if I, if I have my story straight, this entire, you know, movement started when you couldn't find a Halloween costume, correct? Yes. <laughs> I was just getting out of my... Uh surgery for my knee and so my career was over right yep and you know i could barely walk and i didn't want to go out and my friends invited me out to a halloween party and i you know i made up every excuse but the main excuse is i didn't have a costume and they said put something together and it was like soon as i opened the closet door there was a santa outfit (laughs) now what are you what are you doing with a Santa outfit in your house? Is it something that you would play? You know, would you play Santa? You know, for Christmas here and there, or, or use it at Christmas parties, or was this just totally random, like swag you got in the mail and just was in your closet? I want to say I had it for Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. This was there. It was like <laughs> that the thing that was there. And it was like, oh my goodness. And then it was like, okay, I guess. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, how is this going to work? And it, and it worked. And it, and it was a hit. Yeah, when you say it was a hit, what, what about the reaction that you got got you thinking about that this could be something? Because I guess what I'm picturing is people were really energetic about it. It had some sort of imprint on you that got the creative juices flowing. So what was it like uh, you know, coming up with the inspiration to take this to another level? Um, I think for me, it was just the response. Right, I, I've never gotten a negative comment. <laughs> I like there's no matter who it is, where they're from, right? 
when they see the shirt or the mascot, it's never a bad moment. Right. Bad response. Right. And so for me, it was like, that's what kind of happened at the party. Like I became, people thought I was like paid to be the Santa Claus at the party. (laughs) Like, Like the coolest idea ever. And so from that, it was like trying to figure out, you know, is this a movie, right? Am I making a movie? Am I making a toy? Like, what's but what's the story? What's the story? So diving into really creating a story and, a, and an origin story that, you know, was never there. So, you know, having this opportunity and landscape to really, like, be responsible, right, to, one not myself, but now to a bigger, broader audience and my kids and their kids' kids is I have to now build something that is, you know, sustainable and durable and solid and that and that stands for something. And so, you know, just start to research, you know, Santa and, you know, Santa Clauses and, and, and different types and, you know, different holiday characters and, you know, I just saw that you know, I looked at the top 25 Christmas movies of all time. I have that magazine. Uh, and when you look at that, there's there's no representation yeah. of African-Americans, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like, man, we contribute a lot to the spending, right? And the earnings of, you know, the Macy's, the Target's, we're in line. We're, you know, we're... we're you know, we're in line, we're, we're standing in line hours and hours and we're, we're, you know, we're responsible for a lot of what's happening and, you know, our economy as far as like, you know, consumer products and content and things like that. But we're, we're not, we don't even, we're not even paying attention. We take for granted, just you, you grow up your entire life, you see Santa one way, um, and, and I just wonder from your perspective, what has the reaction been? Uh, like you said, people are very positive about it, but like specifically from the, from young people, have they, have they been very cognizant that this is, um, you know, that this is really opening their eyes to, um, just seeing how important representation is and how, um, they can view the world a little bit differently, uh, you know, through characters like Black Santa. Yeah, I think it it shows a connection to the kids that have in that animation and really like, you know, the holidays haven't really shown a connection to. Um, and so it's drawing that line and it's celebrating, you know, a culture that is now multicultural. Right. And so my kids are just black. You know, they're you know, they're of mixed race. And, and and of mixed backgrounds. And so it's important for me to make sure that each one of, uh, you know, each one of their representations, right, can men to get, they understand those and they understand who they are and the power and the joy and the good that comes out of each one. And we looking at young kids now, they, they hang, Right, their their crews are multicultural crews. Mm-hmm. Right, like where you know it, it's hard not to find you know uh, diversity. Right, and you know that 
that is something that is continuing to be be pushed in our society right but we have to also from a content standpoint from a storytelling standpoint take care of that responsibility from the time that they're kids to adults how long did it take you to actually create the design of the character and and how much kind of I mean, you're someone who values creativity, the creative process. So how much back and forth did you go before kind of aligning on this is the, the best representation that I want for what I'm hoping to do with Black Santa? Uh, you know, I, I would say that, you know, like the first artist we worked with, kind uh, of got it right. He was kind of spot on. Um, and, you know, we had a few other artists kind of like do some touch, some touches and some retouch. Uh, but I think it was just like, like they got it, right? They got mm-hmm. it. They got it. Like I, I, I was, um, you know, I, I knew what he looked like. I knew like his height, his weight, you know, like I knew that he, he was, uh, younger. Um, you know, I just kind of like I, the way I, the way I described him, they got it. And it, and it was just, you know, it was it was great to collaborate in that sense, because one, I, you know, I don't I don't draw. Right. That I'm yeah. probably going to go to school for that because I need to add that to my arsenal. But <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I don't have those skills. So I have to do a, a very good job of being able to articulate and draw references and things like that. Um, but I think the artist, you know, the artist, uh, Eric Jordan, he, he did a great job, uh, first, uh, 510 media. They did a great job of polishing it up. Uh, and then, you know, um, an art mob, uh, art mob is, you know, uh, the guy who basically like kind of added, added that that secret element and, and, and the sauce, right? So yeah. when you see black Santa, it's like, you see Santa, but he's like, he's like the homie. He's like your <laughs> uncle. He's like, you know, he can like dunk on you, man, and play video <laughs> games with you. You know, it's like, you don't want to stand in line and sit on Santa's lap. You want to be like, you know, hanging out, dancing with Santa, having a good time. Right. And so it was figuring out, you know, how can he have the same effect as a Mickey Mouse, right? right. Uh, how do you embody Santa Claus but give him the characterizations uh, of, of a Mickey Mouse, right? And a Minnie Mouse. And I think for the most important thing, I think, that came out of this was the development of Mrs. C. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you think about it in Christmas, like, Mrs. Claus, what has she ever said? Nothing. Right? Yep. Like, we, there is no backstory. There is no story. Even though there's no real story on Santa Claus, there's no story on Mrs. Claus. Right? Nobody has really figured that out. And for so long, uh, you know, we've lived in this society where we've allowed that to happen and i think in the development of mrs c it was one she can't be called mrs claus she can't be called you know mrs santa you know she is cecilia lee she's independent right she is her own person 
She was born on Valentine's Day. She understands love and the love within. And like you start to really think about, you know, um, her responsibility to young girls and young women. And you start to mold her like, you know, the women of, you know, the the modern day women that have really, you know, taken a, taken a stance and taken charge of, 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 of embodying what it means to be a woman. Now, the only place I'll, I'll give you a little bit of guff here is I'm, I'm in my 30s and I can't grow two days worth of facial hair without getting at least half of it gray. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you talked about making you know Black Santa younger because clearly that was a conscious creative choice. But did you have any debate on, you know, d- just to evoke a little bit more of the of the Santa feel? Do we have to put some some color there, or you know, given that you've got one of the best beards in all of America, were you like, no, I, I you know, it is possible to to keep it tight on the face and and not have to to you know uh, not have to be going gray sloppily. So let's say you know twenty years from now. 30 years from now, our kids are going to be hanging out with the same dude, having this experience, right? And so that was the thing that I wanted to be cautious of, is to give him youth, give him exuberance and freedom, you know, to stay young and young enough to be in, um, in a space where you can connect to all people. Yep. Right. And like and the message, you know, the message and the theme and the foundation you stand on, you sit in kind of a sweet spot where you can hold leaders accountable. Right. You uh, Children look up to you still. Uh, high school kids and, and, and young adults think you're cool. Right. And then people in their, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s who are now like thinking about kids and thinking about being socially responsible, they feel like you're their homie, right? They grew up with you and they finally get to kick it with you. Right. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's having that. And then older people being proud of you, right? Because you actually, you know, you are, you are something for them to root for. Um, and so that's I, I think that was that was why we wanted to make sure that you know his beard was you know he had the best beard in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I I, I love. It. I will say this when when I'm looking at when I'm googling images of of Black Santa, I run into these like photos of of celebrities and you with the character, and you're smiling, but there's like Ice Cube like looking like so business like just. How do you not smile next to next to to Black Santa? Because, like you said, he does evoke pure joy. We got to talk to some of these other celebrities and say, "Come on, cut loose." <laughs> I mean, you know, you, some people like to catch like skin not smiling. I think he was smiling the whole day. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he comes to basketball game. We had a great time. He showed his support. Uh, no, it, it's. Uh, they just probably t- uh, posted the wrong picture, but <laughs> it's hard to make uh, it's hard to make Ice Cube smile. Trust me, I try all the time. <laughs> now, w- what's really interesting is you know you do a lot, you've done a lot with this since launching it. You've got the apparel, uh, you know, you've put out mixtapes, you've got the event on Oakland's waterfront, you know, going on through through Christmas Eve. 
but, but it's it's interesting when I go to the website and see you talk about it. You you're not talking about it as just one thing. You don't say, yeah, it's an apparel line. You're you're very quick to say this is a creative uh, enterprise. It's a storytelling venture. It feels like you're world building a little bit and sort of seeing wherever you want to take this, depending on where your passions are and where you want to introduce the concept next. So I guess I would wonder, like, how much do you value this opportunity as a broader creative opportunity and not just, you know, a chance to make one type of thing with the character? Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, right? Um, it's required a lot of focus, a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of like, you know, you have to check yourself, right? At all, all the time, because your creativity can, can get in front of what the actual business is and what the focus is. And so, you know, as a creative, it's fun to be able to play across all these diff- disciplines. But um, I think the most important thing is like being able to like dive deep into these characters in the story, right? Because I think that that is that's the thing that's going to um, keep the wheels on the track. Yeah, right. Stories, the depth of characters, is the thoughtfulness. And, you know, with that, we brought inspiration, you know, to to other things and from other things that can work across, you know, merchandise or that can work in the music. Um, you know, I think for us coming out of the gate, uh, me talking about wanting to be in all these places is to figure out where where this holy matrimony lies. Right. And so there's so many creative people around and they and they have, uh, you know, they're razor sharp in certain things. It's like, how do we give them the freedom to explore? And then uh, for me to look at it and say, okay, how do I bottleneck this and then present this as a package? And so the more and more we uh, continue to practice, the better we'll get, uh, the better and better we'll get. And, you know, if the goal is to, you know, model yourself, you know, like, uh, you know, a Disney who, who's the GOAT, you know, uh, practice makes perfect, right? And we'll just continue to kind of formulate in that model. And as the system gets tighter and um, every year we'll get, we'll get better and better at growing our audience, but also, you know, uh, feeding the audience we have and graduating well, it's awesome, man. I, I think it's great. I wish you nothing but the best with it, and uh, and and uh, Merry Christmas, and, and and keep bringing the Christmas spirit into Halloween too, man. It's never too early, right? Yeah, right. All, hey, at all points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Baron, thanks so much for joining, and and have a great holiday. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. And we are back in the sports world. Athletes, coaches, media, they all do tremendously interesting things. And then we tell them, you're being a distraction. Stop it. Go back to watching game film. 
that's ridiculous. Life is just work and the things that distract us from work. So on this show, we celebrate distractions. And I give you a distraction. What's distracting me, uh, you know, week in, week out? So this week, holiday week, once upon a time, I used to be an entertainment reporter. And I would have to go on and on and do, you know, around this time of year and do whatever I could to sort of drum up some new Christmas pop culture style angle to talk about. You know, ranking your favorite holiday songs, ranking favorite movies, debating whether Die Hard and Gremlins and Batman Returns actually are Christmas movies. It was just like nonstop. Um but it's fun too, you know. Occasionally, I would just be like, "Yeah, you know, uh, I'm gonna sit down tonight, crack open a bottle of wine, and just write out my list and argue in my head about what's my favorite Christmas stuff or what stuff really still resonates to this day." So, heading into the holiday, I just want to give you a little taste of my own personal power rankings for uh, for Christmas movies, and I guess we'll just kind of keep it to my starting five, and maybe with a, a rotational three and D six man <laughs> coming off the bench. And first things first, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. To avoid the angry tweets and the angry emails I will get, I'm not going to steer into or too far into the world of, you know, die hard and stuff like that, that, that has been debated on and on and on. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas movie? The history kind of proves out there's no right or wrong wrong way to look at that. If you want to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie because there's occasional Christmas music in it and because, uh, you know, wrapping paper <laughs> becomes a pivotal part of the plot, knock yourself out. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Um, you'd be surprised how many people will tell you they're wrong, uh, including my colleagues who have given me a boatload of opinions on that over the years. But okay, so here here's my personal starting five. Hit me up with the, with your opinion on Twitter at Just Not Sports. Give me your starting five or, or shoot me an email, justnotsports at gmail.com. All right, here, here's my six man, because it doesn't really count. But Black Christmas. Look this up, because this is a uh, a horror movie that actually was very influential. I think it's like a, a, a serial stalker kind of breaks into sorority house. It's early 70s. Huge impact on stuff like Halloween, um, and yet it seldom comes up as like one of the more celebrated slasher movies because it kind of is in that tweener zone between uh, when Halloween sort of popularized the the slasher genre, but long after Psycho, and you know it's in that that, that muckety muck of the early seventies where the genre is really sort of coming into its own. So that's my that's my six man. That's my three and D off the bench. Black Christmas. Now let's get into my starting five. Number five. White Christmas. All right, maybe maybe a controversial choice for you, the young person listening to this who has no idea who Bing Crosby is. And let me just say, shame on you. All right, because in my house, growing up, we'd watch White Christmas at least once a year, and sometimes multiple times a year. Because my mom was super into it, my sister super into it, my grandma super into it, and to this day, like I know so much of that music. I can I can just bust out any at any time. You know what? Do you do with a general when he stops being a general? What do you do with a general who retires? Look, that was not the resurrected Bing Crosby. I know I sound just like him. It's still me. Just letting you know, in case you're starting to believe in the occult. (laughs) 
But I got a soft spot for White Christmas. It's a classic. Um, you could probably argue Holiday Inn is a better movie. It's actually the movie where White Christmas debuted as a song, but it's not Christmas specific enough. Uh, so we'll go with, with with White Christmas. Also, White Christmas is some odd stuff buried in there. There's sort of this weird diss track in the middle of it where they start, you know, Danny Kaye starts making fun of like postmodern or modern choreography. It's like really weird. There's a lot of stuff in the middle that you just kind of got to gut through. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to the song Sisters, which I plan to teach my kids as soon as they're old enough to do it. All right, number four. This one's tough, man. Christmas Vacation. I kind of almost am recognizing this out of obligation because it's funny, um, but I I prefer the original vacation to it a lot more. And so it's not even my favorite in like that series, but it's still got great moments. Uh, it's worth it. It's, it's, it's one of those that you, you see on cable and you just go, yeah, you know what? This is probably my next 30 or 45 minutes, whatever time you jump into it in the middle of it. Uh, also, you know, I know Chevy Chase has not aged well, but you know, you still got to just go back and just picture, okay, you know, eighties, you know, early nineties Chevy. We can compartmentalize that and just let that be what it was. It was funny. Leave it there. Okay, three, the OG Grinch special, and I say OG very purposely because I tried to show my five-year-old the Jim Carrey movie. Within two seconds, she's like, "Turn this off." And then when I when I had my father-in-law take her to see the new Grinch movie. The first thing my daughter says, like freaked out was, is it going to be people in makeup? Like, I don't want to see people in makeup. And I'm like, no, Jim Carrey is not in this new Grinch movie. But the original holds up, man. And the original song is baller. You know, uh, I actually, I just saw somebody, I think it was, I think it was Deadspin maybe that did uh, like a rank, power ranking of like the Grinch's worst insults or the worst insults of the, about the Grinch in that song. Great stuff there. Uh, but yeah, the OG Grinch special is awesome. Love it. All right, top two. Scrooged. Maybe a controversial choice. Maybe something that people wouldn't put this high. Dude, that movie is great. That Bill Murray performance is great. That um, dude from New York Dolls <laughs> who's saying hot, hot, hot Buster Poindexter or whatever. Great. Uh, great supporting cast. I think it's really inventive. I think the whole theme's about TV culture and everything, just just plug in internet there versus TV. It still holds up, still the same thing. And I think there's something about a Christmas story that is actually, I think, just just always. You can always look back at your own life and say, um, "How can I do better?" Uh, but I like, you know, I like when people are having fun with the format and mixing in more humor. I mean, you go watch the original sort of like, you know, Alistair or whatever. Uh, you know, Christmas story, man. That, that is a grind to get through. So give me Scrooged all day. I can deal with uh, golf ball coming out of a corpse jokes and uh, and that commercial they do with like the highway killings and the nukes. Uh, I'll take that over just stuffy old British guy uh, getting lectured. And then finally, man, number one, the, you know, coming out last in the in the introduction and the starting five, it's Mickey's Christmas Carol. And I know that, like, I guess now that I look at this list, <laughs> OG Grinch and uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol are not movies. But they had this specialness of movies when we were kids. You know, as I was growing up, the night that that was on TV, which might have only been once or twice, those were, like, big-time special nights. Like, that was, that was huge. 
you lived for that, even though you're only seeing like 15 minutes of content. Now, I mean, we, we've got them on DVD. We can buy them. We can probably pirate them on YouTube. It's just a little bit different. It's a little bit more accessible. But the night that Mickey's Christmas Carol came on, I was always so excited. And I love it. I'm a big Scrooge McDuck fan. I love Goofy as Jacob Marley. That is so hilarious. There's that moment where he takes pride in like swindling the, <laughs> like the widows. And I'm like, man, what? whoever saw evil Goofy? I, that blew my mind as a kid. I loved it. And I uh, tried to show it to my daughter. Totally disinterested in it. So that was a bummer. But, you know, hey, is what it is. She's got time to come around. And notice, no uh, Christmas story. No Christmas story on there. Yeah, I'm not a Christmas story guy. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Is it worthy of 24 hours straight on TBS or TNT or wherever every single year? No. <laughs> Does that dad scare me? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm just not a Christmas story guy. If you are... Like I said, hit me up, shoot me a uh, shoot me a tweet with your power five, uh, your three and D six man. I'm I'm cool with it, but uh, but that is mine. Okay, want to end with some shout outs. Uh, end with some happy holidays. Happy holidays, Baron Davis, creator purveyor of Black Santa. Really excited what he's doing with that and how he's trying to grow and really stretch himself creatively. As he, as he said, you know, maybe I'll go back to art school. Uh, it's one more thing to add to my arsenal. I always love seeing athletes like Baron. Uh, after their career, taking the next step, trying things out, throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what sticks. So congratulations to, to him on that. Uh, happy holidays to all the listeners, all the people who contribute. Uh, Nick, my homie, who sometimes is cleaning up files for me. Uh, you know, uh, shout out to my daughter, uh, Charlie, who made the, uh, the podcast debut in the Michelle Carter episode. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with that if you stuck around for it. And that's it. Another fun interview uh, coming up next week. Don't want to ruin it right now. Have a happy holiday. Have a safe holiday. Safe travels if you're moving around. And in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal, booty rappers, stay booty. <laughs>